The Persistent and Nasty podcast is a series of interviews and informal discussions with inspiring women and other marginalised voices in theatre, film and beyond. From actors to activists, we aim to amplify these voices and invite the world to stay nasty. Hello you gorgeous lot and welcome to another episode of the Persistent and Nasty podcast. Elaine here, how are you all doing? I hope that you are looking after yourself, being kind to yourself and each other. Today Louise and I are in person with director Joe Rush and designer Natasha Jenkins chatting about their show Ugly, a Cinderella story which is on at Cumbernauld Theatre from now until the 30th of December and all details for tickets and how to go about getting your tickets are in the show notes of today's episode. Uh, This show was written by Gary McNair with original songs by Brian James O'Sullivan and we chat about Gary and Joe's bid um, when they had this idea of a story about, well, a twist on the Cinderella tale um, from one of the um, ugly stepsisters' point of view and we chat about that, then putting in the bid and then having to go to interview and Gary was in the middle of doing an NTS show and uh, Joe was seven months pregnant. Uh, no, sorry, not even seven months pregnant. By the, When they put the bid in, she was seven months pregnant. When they went to pitch, she was days away from giving birth, as you will hear in today's episode. So we talk about that, but we also talk about being um, badass women in theatre. We talk about escaping those boxes that we're put in by either the words that are used against us or society. We talk about breaking the gender norms, which don't do any of us any good, but bringing everyone along with us. And of course, we chat glitter. It's panto, how can we not talk about glitter? As I say, all details for Ugly, a Cinderella story are in the show notes of today's episode. And I'd just like to let you all know about another event that is happening this weekend, Sunday the 3rd of December, and it is at the Glasgow Film Theatre. It's an afternoon of Palestinian short films, and this is in connection with the Bethlehem Cultural Festival and the Arab Film Club. And it starts at 12 o'clock on Sunday. Information on how to get your tickets are in the show notes of today's episode. Um, There aren't that many left, so please, 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 if you can get along to the GFT on Sunday to see this really important and really vital and supportive and showing of solidarity, um, get yourself along and see an afternoon of Palestinian short films and as I say the tickets for that are in the show notes of today's episode. If you support the work that we do then you can become a persistent pal or a nasty hero and help persistent and nasty keep going. You help the podcast stay alive and kicking, you help the coffee morning, you help the advocacy work, you keep Louise and I's faith in the world keep going and for those of you who already are a persistent pal or a nasty hero or who have donated to us um whether that be sponsoring one of our coffee mornings or just giving us the price of a cup of tea or coffee whenever you can we are eternally grateful and we know that times are tough at the moment and we are moving into um christmas and holiday season and the way and the weather's turning and people are having to turn their heating on and 
things need to be a little bit tighter and we completely understand that so if you can't help us financially you can always help us by liking downloading subscribing to the podcast and reviewing the podcast it really does make a huge difference you can shout about us on social media and you can find us on all social media so we are twitter at persistent nasty instagram at persistent and nasty facebook persistent and nasty check out the website www.persistentandnasty.co.uk where you can submit a blog for us tell us something that really has been playing on your mind or a story that you've got or a thought that you've had conversation starter whatever it may be send that over to us and you can also read the other incredible blogs that have been written for us again thank you for all of your support we are forever grateful you can follow louise and i on social media louise is at ms louise oliver on both twitter and instagram oh i forgot about tiktok we've got a tiktok at persistent and nasty and back to us as i was saying Louise is at Ms. Louise Oliver on Twitter and Instagram. And I am at Elaine Stirrett on Twitter and at Elaine.Stirrett on Instagram. Well, I don't know about wherever you are, but it is damn cold in Scotland right now. So it has to be something warm, whatever you are having for today's episode. So, I mean, ideally, I'd really love like a really nice hot chocolate like a dark hot chocolate with some cream and marshmallows because it's winter we are hibernating let's do it you can maybe have something with a bit of fire if you're a whiskey drinker maybe go for that that will definitely heat you up um ginger beer it's always really great for it also very good for um keeping those old vocal cords nice and fresh for all of you that are doing panto uh you could get yourself a spiced latte of some form check the non-coffee drinker or you know you can always just have a good old cup of tea sit back relax and enjoy so many jokes welcome to the persistent and nasty podcast talking nonsense in the background (laughs) i love that way i know i just like jump right in you did perfect time in the tea has arrived oh my and snacks oh my goodness this is why amanda is the best in the business look at this she's our front of house angel Amanda, 100%. She's operations director here at Communal Theatre at the London House, and she is an actual legend. We're very well looked after so far. I mean, wow. She she looks after everyone, right? I've never been in a theatre where they go, here's the production hospitality cupboard. Yeah. And it's full of treats. It's full of biscuit bars. It's full of barocas and cold and flu meds and coffee, like nice coffee. And all of this stuff, oat milk. And once she knows what stuff you're using, what stuff she likes, she just read. And then the fairies just appear and just like, first, first show, they were... There were donuts. There were donuts. The other day she comes in, she goes, I've got more oat milk because I've noticed that everybody's getting through it. And also my mother-in-law made some fairy cakes, so I've left those in the oh, green room. Come on. I'm just like, this, this is, is the, I mean, what I will now expect from every theatre I go well, to. Well, you're never going to get it anywhere else on You're getting so. all the praise on yeah. the podcast. This is yeah. now just a podcast <laughs> about you. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Do you. Want to be able to do the little number as well? Mm. Yeah, that's true. <laughs>
Yeah, I've booked some time with Amanda for getting the choreography learned because her and the front of house team want to do the choreography for the final number of the show. That's the dedication that we're talking about. Next level stuff, people. Which is kind of perfect as to why we're here chatting today. (laughs) Look at that. Seamless. Seamless, Joe. What a delightful segue. Almost Almost as if you had media training. Almost like like Dawn Sieg was here to choreograph that segue. So we are here today with Natasha Jenkins and Joe Rush uh, talking about ugly. Yay! Yay! A Cinderella story. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love get that, get that bottom title. Exclamation mark. Yeah. If only. If only <laughs> we could get a full sparkle. If we could do punctuation and uh, sparkles in the giving of the title, that would be it. Uglier. <gasps> a Cinderella story. It's a, a little, it's it's a, a lot going on with your vocal delivery there, but yes, that's what this is. <laughs> that's why I'm not an actor. Yeah, we don't too much. Them. It's too much at all yeah. times. That's yeah. what they say about me. Oh, the humans. Um, Joe, we've had you on the podcast before. When oh, I really like, lucky things. I know when I was in London and we did it in um, was was it that pub. Pub. It was in a pub theatre, wasn't yeah, it? Was it? I can't even theater. remember. Was, was it, it the Drayton? light? Was it the Red Lion? Kings. Kings. King. Uh, one of them. One of the pub theatres in London. Yeah. It was, and it in was, a very quite a noisy bar with a lot of like, let's call it atmospheric ambient sound. Nice. Yeah. And it, was, it, was, yeah. it was great. And again, it was in between, uh, I'm sure it was a break that you were having as we are yeah. today. Now doing the same. Not getting many breaks in life. I should probably take some more. You should. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely should. Um, <laughs> and Natasha, um, you and I have worked together and Louise has worked with you as well. Yeah. So we'll do a really quick potted history of you both and then let's chat about the show because we're on a limited time let's do it so joe let's go with you you are joe rush <laughs> i am startled by the question uh, i am joe rush um and i'm here in scotland and i have been for 13 years going on now uh, which feels like i am not old enough to have been here for that long but i guess i am and yeah i'm a director i'm a theater lucky. maker and i love being here in scotland i love working here i'm obviously not originally from here. Fun fact, Tash and I are both from Kendall. Well, hey, right district, the district. Nice. Yeah. Um, this was a 100% a bonding moment when we discovered this about ourselves and we did that whole, oh yeah, and what school did you go to? Yeah, what did you do? Did you know so-and-so? Yeah, I know so-and-so. Yeah. Fun. It's a very it's a small, small town. market town in the it's northwest a... of England, <laughs> as I did in my uh, GCSE French vocal. That only, was what I only famous did. for mint cake. I was going to say, it yeah. produces two That's of my favourite things badass theatre women and mint cake. Oh, oh, nice. And also yes. bands, lots of bands, because yeah, it's true. like if you want to get out, you've got to mm. do something. You've got to take something yeah. and run with it. Yeah. 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 I'm um, just taking my Invisalign out. Everybody ignore me. I am that person. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I love it. Nice. Well done. You get those teeth lined up. Yeah, get them lined up. I've done mine. They're great now. Are you, uh, what history are you done? Oh, right, sorry, you? no. I just, I just, <laughs> Keep me on track. I'm in Come Scotland. Um, yeah, I've been you're making... in Scotland, you're not old enough to be here. I'm not old enough to be here, but I have been somehow here for 13 years. Woof, and woof. starting out kind of within the fold of the Lyceum Family Theatre with a youth theatre internship that I'd done. And the lovely Mark Thompson basically saying, you're part of the family, so just like sitting on rehearsals, figure out where you want to be. And I, and I did through that. I figured it out by sitting in the room that he so generously allowed folk into and seeing the stuff happen and going, this is it. This is like the atmosphere that I want to be a part of and took from there all the chances that I could to get into other people's rooms, whether they wanted me or not. <laughs> um, assisted Orla when she was at the Traverse, which was really delightful. And uh, and then created a sort of accidental, beautiful friendship with Joe Douglas that has proved really bountiful by working on our shows that he's put together, like Bloody Trams and then Death of a Salesman, Cheviot, which we uh, 
work together and then making standby which joe and i ended up co-directing and was on tour last year and the lovely natasha jenkins did the design i'm waving i'm waving at the microphone it's an audio format and waving doesn't work doesn't work does it (laughs) there we are Yes, so we met on that, uh, and I thought, she's an excellent woman. Everyone's called Joe. This is helpful. Mm. Um, <laughs> and then we were just like, we'll do something at some point. Yeah. And, and various points during the pandemic, hugged each other at distance and then broke rules and just sort of mm-hmm. flying north and south. So I am predominantly a designer, but also a bit of a director, a bit of a theatre brain in various capacities. Dramaturg. Love it. Um, and I came to uni in Glasgow, so I did film, theatre and television. Was here for a wee bit and then went to London for a worryingly long amount of time now. Don't quite know what <laughs> happened. <laughs> Seemed to have been there for over a decade. Uh, but still keep still keep coming back, a little bit like The Godfather. You keep pulling me back, <laughs> but in a sort of nicer, more positive way. Um, so did... Um, yeah, was a stage manager, come from a working class background, no theatre anywhere, don't know what happened, it got me. Uh, I think Northern Broadsides came and did a show, uh, and it was like hearing Shakespeare in Northern mm. dialect. Mm. You just went, oh yeah, hi, 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 this person's for me. Um, and then, so yeah, did theatre, came up to Scotland, loved it. Everyone else, can I swear? Yeah, to be. oh my great. God. <laughs> great. Yeah. Great. I was going to say, as I said it, I was like, long time listener. I know I can say Uh, Long time listener, first time caller. Um, So, yeah. So then I was up here and did, uh, had a little bit of a, oh, I don't know what I'm doing with myself moment. And then Minty Donald, who was a very lovely lecturer and theatre maker, was like, I think you should just come and work with me on My Old Man. So I went and did that uh, as a little work experience thing. Uh, and there I met Pony Morrell, who was producer, and she was like, why don't you come and do this show when you just before you graduate, which was Slope at Tramway with Stuart Lang and Pamela Carter and a whole bunch of excellent people. And um, yeah, Stuart gave us two and a half hours off to graduate. And I was like, <laughs> no, we need a full afternoon. And then I was like, oh, this is going to be life in theatre. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like I ran into my graduation, basically. My mum just going, what is this? And I was like, this is this, the next yeah, this is 20 years. Now. This is the energy team. This is my life This now. was the life now. Uh, yeah, so then have done stuff up and down and did a lot of um, work with a Russian, French, Russian, English theatre maker called Alexander Zeldin. And we did a show at The Yard um, in Hackney, which was about zero hour contracts called Beyond Caring. And we just sort of made that with people with now. And then it got picked up and went to the shed at the National Theatre, which is a weird and wonderful bit of luck. Um, And then we did another two three plays together one in french that was crazy <laughs> during a pandemic with 80 year olds and six-year-olds that's a heady mix when covid's in there <laughs> um but yeah so we sort of did that but then i uh, came up and did work with sandy thompson which is how i work with both of you lovelies um so yeah we did just mad just mad ambitious crazy female-centered explosions of color that's just yeah. what it is isn't it but it sums it up. it's just just which yeah. does actually lead us very nicely to uglier cinderella story yeah, which is probably the most explosion of color show that has ever existed yeah it's, it's quite a lot there's it's quite a, a lot it's sort of barbie on barbie Scottish on steroids speed. and yeah. christmas sparkle possibly just vomited all over the stage yeah. kind of a levels of beautiful 
Sparkly joy. We're going to say it's a feckoned visual. <laughs> Layers of like sparkle on sparkle on sparkle on slash curtain. Fairy lights on sparkle on sparkle on fairy lights on sparkle on sparkle. That's yeah. better, isn't I mean, it? That's, yeah. that's the vibe. Christmas in a bottle. It's Christmas yeah. in a bottle. It it's a feminist Christmas miracle. Oh. It's the story of uh, Chantel, the ugly stepsister, and follows her... Her uh, own take on Cinderella yeah. and what happened yeah. to her. And actually and the wishes she that she was, had yeah. and what kind of transformation she was looking for. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. It's got very catchy songs. Been in my yeah. head for about a month. Brand new songs written by Brian James O'Sullivan. With Gary McNair, who's our Gavin lovely, lovely writer. Name. Yeah. Oh yes, it's got to be appropriately spotlighty name. Appropriately. Who? Yeah, they've done absolutely wonders, and they are insanely catchy and just joyful, full of the kind of like linguistic wordplay that you would expect from anything out of the mind of Gary McNair, the beautiful, strange mind that is. And and just Scottish just women chatting. Scottish. Like, yeah. there's a lot. Mm, it's very, is. it's very beautifully. Um, yeah, it's just gorgeous. It's just very Scots heavy. It's really fun. Yeah. There's yeah. some local gags. There's some that people will... <laughs> yeah, we've made it very like, local to and all. That was yeah. very much what the theatre was wanting mm. from it. It was something that felt really their own. And they've really took it and run with that as well. So, like, embraced that we've created this fictional town that is called Wondernold to set our story in. Literally got a whole song about it. It's fab. <laughs> and... Uh, dubious rhymes that come from that and the joy of all of that and yeah the theatre really really enjoyed feeling like it's theirs and that's a gorgeous attitude that feels like it's wrapping around all of us as a creative team as the cast that the production team and theatre staff here are really like so ready and up for having this show that feels like theirs yeah how pitchy was that that was great that was soundbite to the maximum like you're doing all my work for me. Also, I've n- we've not had to do a segue. Guys, I, I have a background in improv. So, just saying. Who's oh. left you to it? Yeah, Great. Um, who conceived of the uh, story, the core of the story, and it being? Me. Joseph. Yeah. I'm going to own it. Yes. yes, yes, yes. Owning it. I was like, right, we're talking about Gary. We're talking about... Yeah, Let's minimize like everything. <laughs> we love Gary. We love Gary. We love Brian. They, they have done it they've made it it came from my brain um i i have the receipts <laughs> <laughs> i it was just gary and i kind of got to know each other over the last two years and it's been one of those meeting of minds things where we just were on a level with each other from the get-go we were working on a soundstage show for lyceum and pitlockery um that gary had written and i was associate director on and it we just instantly clicked and it was really delightful so we have just been throwing around voice notes and nonsense ever since and one of those voice notes and nonsense moments was August of last year 2022 I said hey do you know what would be dead fun we should do a Christmas show should be about the ugly sister and actually her having her own transformation wouldn't that be great and he goes yeah, but I swear too much people would never let me write a Christmas show. And I'm like, <laughs> I know, right? But then <laughs> a month later, Cumbernauld, or so some amount of time later, Cumbernauld puts their like call out for open ideas. They want a twist on a classic Christmas story. And my brain goes, uh, Gary, it would be like <laughs> rude for us not to apply, right? And he's like, yeah, but I'm absolutely knee deep in making a show for the National Theatre of Scotland. And aren't you seven months pregnant? And I'm like, well, yeah but I could just write an application and just see what happens and what happens is we get an interview and we come in 
Gary couldn't make it because he had NTS commitments. How dare he? <laughs> by, by that point, Brian... and lady shuffles in. <laughs> don't even. We've barely even got to the, the full of it. But Brian has been brought in by that point because Gary's gone. I know that Brian could absolutely smash this, write the songs. I knew Brian's work. I knew what they'd done together where they do their pun loving criminals. So I yeah. was like, 100%, this would be amazing. Or as Brian would say, 100 PP. Um, <laughs> so there, we've got the team, I still right? Do, I still have not met Brian. You've not met Brian? Brian has been in London working yes. with oh, Dr. Who. Yes, he is. So he's away. He's away doing yeah. Maccas with David. He's yeah. doing Maccas, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so so Brian, bless his heart, is like, yeah, I guess I can show up for the pitch, <laughs> even though I've only just been on the team. Uh, I guess I could write a song which won't be from the show because we've not made the content of the show at all yet. But I guess I could write a song about pitching. In two days, <laughs> in two days, he wrote a song about pitching and it was so delightful, so playful, so joyous that I was like, they have to give us this now. So I'll set the scene. It was a Saturday <laughs> in early November. I'm 38 weeks pregnant. I barely make it off of the Edinburgh bypass because I'm having so many Braxton Hicks contractions that I'm genuinely not sure if I'm going to be able to keep the baby inside. Um, But we make it. (laughs) We make it. And we arrive and we pitch. And the rest is history. And that is women and fucking theatre people. (laughs) Women in theatre. The baby stayed in for another 10 days and all was good. We went to labour at the pitch meeting. We we really tried not to. And we're good. Yeah. Uh, my husband was doing the driving and honest to goodness, like as we got uh, out oh, of Edinburgh. I was home, you were driving. Okay. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Genuinely, this, how let's take bad a moment was, to be like was Dave I Rush, could not be the biggest driving. ally I've ever fucking yes, met. This, this man just been like, true. okay, darling, should we should we keep driving? You're about to go into labor. No, okay. It's more important <laughs> that you that you get to this meeting and, yeah. and pitch for this project. Nice. Like excellent. Nice. To complete the that's picture. What we need. Because at that point we didn't have childcare easily available in Scotland. We also have the two older kids yes. in the back seat. Because so since we've last met, yes. you've had another I've baby. I've had another baby, so yeah. I've now got a total of three. But at that point, I had, what, a six-year-old, no, a seven-year-old and a five-year-old in the back seats, husband <laughs> gamely driving. <laughs> We're going over, like, the sort of 20-mile-an-hour speed bumps as you try and wiggle your way out of Edinburgh from our house. And I'm like, <gasps> mm-hmm. yep. It's fine. It's fine. And he's like, Joe, you're not really talking a lot. Like, should I be turning around? <laughs> should worrying. we go to the hospital? And I'm like, I think it's just the speed bumps. I think it'll be okay if we just get to the motorway. And he's like, okay, but if we get to the motorway and this carries on, then I'm not taking you. I will turn around. We will go to the hospital. And I was like, it'll be fine. And it was fine. End of story. Wow. <laughs> so it's good. So I pitched. So I did the pitch. I uh, I slightly I unnerved slightly unnerved Dominic Hill by being like he was on the interview panel just be all my I might go into labour chat don't think he knew I how to take don't that <laughs> don't think he quite knew yeah. how to take that some I don't strange think most people would be most people would, would be, know how to yeah. take that one to be mm. fair they would be a bit like. Do we need do to stop this interview? Do we need to keep I going? I mean, is it me? I mean, also, great way to go in and be like, wow, you're not giving the money to a pregnant person. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. Play the pregnancy card. Be like, I'm very pregnant. Give me the <laughs> yeah. work. Yeah. 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 I am um, dedicated. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, two days later, Fraser phones up and I'm in the middle of school pickup for the older two kids. And he says that you've got it. And I, honest to goodness, just swore at him in the playground on the phone, being like, no, you're fucking kidding me. Oh, my God. Um, and that that was it. And then a week later, the baby was born. She's called Neve. She's an absolute delight. And here we are. We've had a show baby and a real baby. And they're both <laughs> a year old now. And one of them's very cute and just learned to walk. And the show is the show and is also just learning to run, yeah. shall we say. Yeah. 
Hashtag women in theatre. Hashtag women in theatre. Like, yeah. I mean, but as as Tash rightly says, with full props to David Rusher being one of the best husbands, allies, supporters that there has ever existed in the history of time. Yeah, he's He's absolutely amazing. Well done. Nice choice. Well done. Well done. Yeah, and well done on the show. So, yeah. yeah, a little bit, let's have a little bit more about Ugly just before um, you've got to shoot off, Joe, and get some lunch. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that eating. That eating thing that's kind of vital. Mm. Incredible cast. Absolutely brilliant. Ridiculously Playing good. Playing many roles, wearing many hats. Quite doing literally. many things. Very literal wearing of many hats. Um, they are just fabulous. We've got Eva Beatty, who is a relatively recent graduate, and yeah. we found through an open casting call process um, which is something that Combinold in particular are very wanting to make their processes of call outs and casting really inclusive. And that felt a really positive thing that she's not currently represented and was able to put herself up for the roles yeah. and to come in and really like we just enjoyed meeting her so much and that it was such a lovely thing to find a role that fit her within this show. So she's playing Cinderella and a host of other townsfolk um i think mm-hmm. is the collective term we've gone for yeah um the gorgeous lawrence boothman is our fairy godmother and also prince charming but fairy g is really where where the like absolute meat of the role is yeah and he is just a delight it's just yeah. Yeah. like it's so enjoyable watching him bound about on the stage and the and he's wearing he just gonna just gonna pick myself up here He's wearing a dress made of so many layers of jewel that it literally took five trips in and out of cars to bring them in. Uh, And we, like Jonathan Van Ness inspired, definitely Mm -hmm. cover Mm -hmm. of Vogue, I think. Um, And in fact, now in a wonderful twist of fate, he looks a little bit more like one of the dolls that your granny used to have over a toilet roll in the bathroom. Yes. So like very solid, very kind of layer, 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 and then sparkly top. In such a purely brilliant way. He's just just like bounding around in this thing, a little bit like Tigger. Mm. Like it's just, it's a glorious, weird energy. energy. But Tigger and Tule. Tigger and Tule. That's it. Yeah. That's it. So he's just absolutely delighted us with what he's brought to that um, sort of, fairy godmother that's not bound by the constructs of gender and all of that stuff and which we're also as we're discovering through bringing it to kids show audiences like school shows groups that are coming in that like that's an unexpected treat for them and a real thing that they you hear a little like oh that's different in their laugh when you first meet fairy g and actually then by the end they are just so purely delighted with how he's fulfilling and living out that role that they're so like they'd do anything for him and it's just really beautiful to watch that oh. little journey that the kids audiences goes on through yeah it's very cute me crying already yeah, yeah uh, absolutely yeah. Sweet. absolutely and sweet. then we've got rounding out a beautiful cast joe freer and uh, lauren ellis yeah. steel oh, my, my god. god yeah my god like <laughs> the oh Talk joe freer i've theater. worked with mm-hmm. before like and i basically i've said to her like i just i wanted I want to have her in almost anything that I'm doing because she's just fabulous. She brings so much like skill and quality and knowledge and power to everything that she's doing. And she's playing our baddie. She's Moore, who is Ugly Sister's mum, stepmother to Cinderella. Uh, and she's just fulfilling all of these like glamorous, Chris Jenner on a budget style <laughs> inspired dreams yeah, that we yeah. like. Tasha and I spoke a lot about the Jenna Kardashian dynasty 
through this process. Yeah. There's been a lot of inspo from them. I was not, I did not know how much you love them. Like it was a surprise <laughs> to me. I was like, yeah. not gonna lie. I was like, oh. yeah. So Encyclopedic we... knowledge of the Jenna clan. Cool. Like that's not what I thought. It's a weird knowledge. It's yeah. a wee hidden subject of mine, I yeah. would say. Yeah. And we've even had our scale of Chris Jenner's. We've had on the rehearsal room wall like nine different photos of Chris Jenner in different moods that we've used as our like check-ins through the day to be like, How are you feeling this morning? Like, oh well, I'm a three or a this Chris Jenner or that Chris Jenner. So three is her with like head on table collapse, yeah. like seven <laughs> is her with gun. You know, that's like, just to give thing. it paint the, the picture. Norms. Yeah, yeah. Paint the picture. Norms. Um and then, Lauren. and then Lauren, Lauren, oh my gosh, she was the, days, the day that she walked in to casting and sung, I was yeah. lost because I'd seen her. I didn't necessarily put it together, but I'd seen her in the Tron Panto, I want to say like six, five or six years ago. It was the one that was a Mammy Goose or an August one. And she was the baddies, like yeah. the mum. Yeah. And oh my God, I knew then that she was like an absolute powerhouse. And then her coming into this, like, she's just got such an amazing energy and such like joy and heart that she brings to someone who is daft like someone who is gorgeously loopy and daft but genuine and so full of love but but has been squashed into a thing that they're not and she is like taking all of that and is like carrying this whole story and like meets us as an audience to welcome us into that story with so much generosity and warmth and humour and her like just absolute beautiful, beautiful presence. It's like she is truly leading this show like as that like leading role person and that energy is just a really delightful thing to have get to see her step into that. She's all right. <laughs> <laughs> She's all right. She's dead fit as well. Yeah. Like yeah. Tasha's made her like the greatest like i don't know like 90s bratz doll oh. kind of clueless looks and oh nice. like there's some pattern clashing yeah well we like, like color start, i guess like we the first patterns. look at the ball oh. we've kind of got like it's almost the ugly sisters dress from disney mm-hmm. without getting sued no one come for us <laughs> um but it's that like it's pink if it's disney fluffy. Are listening to this yeah if, Dis- if disney are listening <laughs> We've got projects to pitch and also <laughs> don't sue us. Um, so, yeah, it's almost like it's like the shapes and the feel of that thing that you kind of expect it to be. And then, like, by the end, she's, like, completely self-determining, mm. dressing as a Ferrero Rocher in the most glamorous way you can possibly yeah. imagine. Yeah. There's a lot of Lizzo vibes by the end. It's oh, kind yeah. of, like, yeah. incredibly powerful, I think, to just see how joyously Lauren is just, like, commanding the stage whilst just wearing the maddest combination of things we can yeah possibly find or just i was wondering what's the we talked about journeys what's chantelle's journey what do you want like young people in the audience to come away thinking or feeling like what why is why is the ugly sister the focus of the story what she what she got to tell us i think it came out of a place of going why do we love those characters when we see a christmas show like what do they do that quite often no shade to main character energy but they're often like dull right yeah, yeah. cinderella oh she said nice oh be kind oh yeah, yeah isn't that great blah, blah, blah. she's gonna marry prince like it takes a lot you have to sort of reinvent the wheel to try and make cinderella have a bit more to it and a lot of these princess women like that's a kind of an issue is that they a lot of our fairy tale stuff has come out of a really patriarchal narrative that then we have to deconstruct quite far to make sense yeah. of, to make something that feels now. And actually looking at the side characters and going, 
they're the ones that get a reaction. You go to a Christmas show and you want to shout at them, you want to boo, you want to hiss, you want to laugh, you want to see them do the slapstick. That was a, a really like great creative kicking off point and something that like Gary as a writer was like, yeah, I, I'm much more interested in who they are and why they might be that way. And that was the big thing is that if you are literally named ugly stepsister, your whole identity is shaped around one keyword that describes something about yourself that you can't control. Mm-hmm. And we thought, like, what does that make you do? Naturally, we internalize labels about ourselves. We internalize the things that people say about us. And we either find a way to push right against it or we act up to it. And that's for us what has happened with Chantelle. She is like taking that label and going, okay, I guess this is who I'm stuck being and I'll have to be it. And this is about her discovering that that's not the case. And that she doesn't have to just have that label because people have put it on her. Mm, yeah. Because uh, I was going to ask you as well, because you talked about her being pushed into something that she wasn't wanted to do. Mm. And that happens to those of us uh, that are in this world that uh, walk through this world femme presenting and we're um, pushed into something that we don't want. And was that a really important message for you to put out to young people and older people that you can still break mm. out of that at any point? 100%. It was really about. And really specifically, we never wanted to get into definitions of what the aesthetic of ugly was about. Yeah. Mm. That was really important that we were like, we're never going to zone in on that as a thing because this is about someone who behaves ugly. And that is what she is going to fight against. Well, she's forced into behaving. She's forced in an into ugly behaving way. in an ugly way because she's worn this label and it's had that impact on her. And particular nuances of how and why she's forced into it we will leave to be discovered within coming to see the show mm-hmm. it's on until <laughs> december 30th um, <laughs> but it is yeah it's about it's about what that does to a person that they act ugly and what that what it means to to know that the actual aesthetic of what any of us looks like doesn't matter in it in the slightest but how we behave defines who we are and what we do with what we've got defines who we are mm. Yeah, and I think also we were t- we were talking like aesthetically, just in like the set and stuff about actually at the moment, what is it that people will have seen? Like, what is this mm. thing that like a five year old will have seen and like a fifty year old will have seen? And actually, we were like, it's probably things that are just absolutely in pop culture. So like the Jenna's been an example, and also like Barbie. Like Barbie yeah. is like for all of the conversations we can have about Barbie. I did sit in the theatre and a bunch of like 13 year old lads were a bit like, oh, like I kind of like that Ken said that he was a bit sad, you know, and you're like, wow, if if nothing else, the like the male protagonist going, oh, I thought it was going to be about horses. And actually now I'm not really into the patriarchy because <laughs> I don't get to have a pony. You're like, this is a breakthrough moment. You know what I mean? Like, this yeah. is helpful. But like aesthetically, I think there was a thing about going like, actually, we are we are kind of, I think, having conversations about like female inheritance around color mm-hmm. and like i mean look at the designer in the room but i'm like you still go into primark and the girls clothes are pink and mm-hmm. the boys clothes are blue and the girls things have stuff on them going yeah. does my bum look big in this do you know what i mean and like those are still things that are just pervasively about and so that idea of going pink is like i think barbie has gone like pink is for everybody like yeah. pink is available pink is a thing that you can reclaim and be like it's powerful as much yeah. as you know and so i think yeah like those conversations around like what colors go together mm. and what colors yeah. don't go together that and sense what, of she's really like yeah Chantel's really kind of colors are for people yeah yeah and she's that. just really confident in 
in those choices, in, despite the fact that she's kind of having pressures put on her to be to conform. So yeah. it was really lovely to be able to sort of make that journey in costume from like pale, like dusky pink. Yeah. What you think you have to wear right the way through to kind of bold. Yeah. Mm. In your face. Yeah. Owning yeah. it. Yeah. And like there is a lovely thing as well that the nature of it being a four cast show. Forecast, that doesn't sound right. There's four the actors. Nature, <laughs> I was doing a little recorrect. The nature of it being a show with a cast of four is that we have to do multi-rolling and we can really enjoy it. And so we've got technically three women and one man, but nobody's playing their gender. Like there is no sense of like fairy godmother. We call fairy godmother, but is a man and we don't like care about that. And we have our women playing men, we're playing anything. And that to me is also just the playfulness and the delightfulness of being able to present that at Christmas where it's already that it fits in with panto tropes, but we're maybe pushing that a bit further than people's regular expectation and comfort zone, especially for our school's audience. Because uh, from my point of view, like parenting three kids, one of whom isn't gender non-conforming and having to navigate all of those kids' clothing sections that are pink for girls and blue for boys and I've got a kid that's neither like that's really important to me that we get to put that on stage and own it and introduce kids to this is all for everyone clothes Mm. is is play like all of this expression of self is play I mean usually my question is what do you want people to um, get when they come and see the show I need to get lunch so I'm going to get lunch but I'm going to love you and leave you and I love you bye bye Thank you so much. No, 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 no. I want to stay and chat. No, no, no. You need to eat. eat. Um, But I was going to say that I think you've signed up. Yeah, (laughs) like that is literally it, right? And that is what it is that you're wanting the audience to feel and see and hopefully then start to reflect in their own life. Yeah, totally. And like, you know, it's it's that thing of there is something totally joyous about seeing Joe Freer be a stepmom, turn round, like dressed literally in a kind of fake, you know, cheapest chips copy of a Kardashian outfit, and then putting on a hoodie, doing it up, and being a dude called Larry who's like on a Tinder date with you. Like all of that, and just doing it with complete like acknowledgement that it's playful and straight to the audience. And like it, it never makes, there are moments where you, I think you go, oh, that's an unusual thing, or that's not what I was expecting to see, but the whole thing is so warm hearted and that actually you it is a Christmas show and it's one of the joys of Scotland. Right. Like people really, really know what to do with Christmas shows up here. Everyone gets it. The second you put like and kids, they're five. Like there were some mm-hmm. really young ones, slightly younger than the recommended age, um, <laughs> who were in one of the shows. And I was like, they were just they had it. They had that cultural inheritance of like what to say, when to shout what. And I was yeah. like, this is incredible. Like this is from like the egg do you know what I mean and so mm. I think it is it is a kind of just yeah it's just really good fun and is nice to be able to not be like worthy do you know what I mean yeah like not yeah. sitting in a space where it's like we're gonna have a really important conversation about some stuff but actually just be like it's Christmas show with things that is don't rhyme Christmas show Natasha um probably yes yeah yeah How's that as a designer and the fact that you get to bring this feminist twist to it? Uh, well, I did sort of go, who me? Um, <laughs> I was a bit like, I 
kind of do gritty uh, realism. Are you sure, Joan? And she was like, yeah, Barbie. And I was like, great, fucking wonderful. Um, how is it? I mean, I think, look, everyone knows there's not enough money in any system at the yeah. moment. Um, so it's quite challenging to do the, uh, to like, it isn't a panto, but like the expectations of what a Christmas show are. So um, Elaine Coyle, who is the head of costume at the sits, has, because I, I don't quite know what the wording around it is, but like the sits have been involved in the production of this, which has been really wonderful. They kind of stepped in as like, as fairy god people. Um, <laughs> um, um, quite last minute, but um, it's been glorious to have her involvement because she's, again, like, incredibly skilled woman mm -hmm. like incredibly skilled dressmaker and actually going like let's make as many of these things as we can let's not do and I've got to be in my bonnet and I've been very fortunate that like I've had experiences working in Europe where budgets are better where I can have like the luxury of going I don't like to use fast fashion and can we make things wherever possible and what is the origin of all those products and all of those things um and sometimes it's just like you have to fight the fight you can have, mm -hmm. right? So we had a conversation just been like, I want to be as green as I can. So it's a combination of things from a sit store. It's things from charity shops. It's kind of minimizing what fast fashion things we have. But for some people, like more, it's like actually very important yeah. that that is what we put her in because that's what the character is aspiring to be. So like mm. that's what she'd have access to, all those things. Um, so yeah, like, you know, my brain works in detail and logic so there have been some moments where i'm like okay just glitter just put glitter on it and, then, <laughs> uh, and so that's been really helpful that joe's just like like what does nora want like what does my like what does nora want what does what does flora want what do these kids want to see and then actually because i don't have kids going oh yeah joy like just remember that it's playful like so it's been totally gorgeous to be able to do that and also i think like gary like it's gary writes things that have lots of information in there like brian's written songs that have lots of clever and witty lyrics so like actually all of it together i think we sort of come from a similar you know joe's like is this too much information like we all come from the same yeah. place but we're kind of having this moment of going oh you can just you can just release into something that's a bit freer and a bit more I mean, I want to talk to you forever because I love you, you know yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but you also need to eat. And yeah. Yeah. Do, do yeah. that thing. Do yeah. that really do important that, thing. Do that really important and thing. And I think it would be a great conversation for us to have at some point down the line of like designers and how we are moving through the world and yeah. how we are shifting yeah. our view. Yeah. Um, so until that, Nick, yeah. until that time, I am going to ask you the question though. Go on. Um, Natasha Jenkins, what does persistent and nasty mean to you? Oh. What do you feel when you see it, hear it? Mm -hmm. I mean, be good, bad, a little bit emotional, totally, honestly, which is um, interesting. Um, what is persistent and nasty to me? I think, um, well, on a personal level, I think it's you two just like continuing to make content when, you know, you really don't have to. And it's really <laughs> like, not in a back, that sounds so awful. That's a terrible <laughs> no, soundbite. No, 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 it's and we love you for it. And we love you for it. Um, I think it's the, I think it's, I mean, I think there's something that I always come back to, which is the nevertheless she persisted, um, Elizabeth Warren thing, which is that like, it's just, we've, we get tired. It's, yeah. 
it's tricky. There are moments where you have to tap out and you have to look after yourself. Um, but I think it is, I mean, I was having a conversation this morning, like why do we, there are 9,000 reasons to not make every show and there's three reasons to make it and yet we always make it. So it's like, what is, and I think that feels the same about being involved in sort of any charitable thing. It's the same about just being a human moving through the world wanting to have a conversation about human rights at the moment and that feels mm. incredibly hard. And so I think for me, I think Persistent and Nasty is about going, we actually, and the same thing as this show, like the way to be true to yourself is not to hide the bits that feel uncomfortable or feel emotional or feel difficult. Actually, the joy is in being nasty and funny and like getting been the boldest part of yourself, not been the bit of yourself that you have to be to be a politician and get the next job in a kind of hi, 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 don't worry, I'm really I can work in your way person who I won't name. But you know, like <laughs> uh I think there's something about going like the work of the next wee while, I think, is to go, we've got to find shapes and we've got to find uh systems that actually support people a different way of women telling stories or, or women presenting people's telling stories because there's still this thing and it's going to take a couple more generations. But like we have internalized so much mm. of, uh, so, so things feel natural to us as storytellers and we go, oh, but that's, is that natural or is that like the well-made play shit that we've inherited? And I think um, as, as someone who, sort of straddled different forms of making and stuff. I'm just really aware that I think women interact with each other in such a specific way. And I, I'm, I sometimes have glimmers of that in theater and I sometimes have glimmers of that in screen. And I, you know, I, but it's like, we, how do we shift the form whilst yeah. DIYing the fuck out of it? Cause no one's gonna give us any money. So it's yeah. like, we've actually just got to like really lean into we're doing it ourselves so yeah so what so what's the what's the kind of witchy like bold way of doing that rather than kind of please can we have this bit of the pot because I feel like asking for bits of the pot is will get us so far but it isn't really what we need to do I think it doesn't I think for me I think I've realized it might not give me might not be the place where I find joy trying to like do that so I need some more therapy, is what we've learned <laughs> from, that, uh, from that answer. Um, Natasha, thanks so much for coming and chatting with us today. It's been an absolute joy. Um, and I hope Jo's got some lunch because she needs sure to make she sure she eats. Yeah. Uh, as do you. Yeah. Um, and for everybody who's listening, all the details for Ugly are in the show notes of today's episode. But just a little reminder that it's on at Cumbernauld Theatre from now until the 30th of December. 2023 holy moly we are into that moment Ooh. yes um natasha thanks again thank you it's been so much fun so <laughs> nice to see you both and until next time lovely listeners stay, stay nasty. nasty yay